Hey, it's time to chat with me, Rose, and me, Kamea. On this show, we have courageous conversations that illuminate shared experiences related to food and gender. We are here to help folks digest their relationship to food. In today's episode, we chat about food and sex. Which would you rather give up? It's been a minute. It has. 2022, what the fuck? I'm happy to be back. Fuck 2022 so far. You know, it could be worse. We're still here. We're alive. We we finally have the space mm-hmm. to get into it. We're going to open with a doozy. Okay, I got one for you. Okay. Which would you give up? Food or sex? Only survive on one for pure sustenance. What would it be? Wait. Clarification. <laughs> So in order to survive, like, nutritionally, I'd have to have sex? I guess in the, in, if we were to take in the true spirit of this question and you were to choose sex, we have to hypothesize. God, I sound <laughs> super fucking boring. <laughs> uh, that, yes, you would be deriving your sustenance from sex. Are we talking oral sex as well and, like, finger banging? What, are we, like, all of it? I I just sorry, sure. I just in order to make my decision <laughs> to know all of these. We need answers. a full list of qualifications. Um, okay, so I, I think, think it would qualify all of them as long as you were deriving pleasure. Okay, and and I think that is the merit of it. Is it is it is a when you were to look at the goodness of life, where you derive pleasure. If you could only live with one. Could you subsist on the pleasure of food or sex alone? Food, because I feel like food hits so much more sensations in terms of like texture, temperature, smell, taste. I think I would choose food because I feel like food can be very sensual in a way that you can bring in your everyday life. So your life would be more pleasurable because you can have more opportunities for pleasure whereas if you only delegate that to sex in our current environment then yes i think that was my final answer cool what about you i i think i already choose food food's a big focus of my life Mm -hmm. it's a big part of what i invest my time into it's how i nourish people it's how i show love how i experience pleasure how i experience my day-to-day whether that's out in the fields with my friends or in my home garden or in my food preserves it's just so much a part of my life that it's if you were to say food or sex food is so much a part of my identity that I can't yeah I can't pick it apart but there are also people that have made (laughs) sex their identity right totally but I would agree with you. I think food for me is very much like laid into who I am as a person. And again, exactly you said, like the way I show my love, the way I comfort myself um, is definitely through food and cooking. But well, it's part of how I court you before I get you on a microphone. Right. I know. We just had some yummy snacks. <laughs> <laughs> um, what would you say is to you personally, what's like the sexiest food? Like if you're trying to create a romantic environment, like what are you making for dinner? Okay, well, sexy and romantic are very different things. It like it depends on what bucket you're talking about. Because if so, when you say sexy, are you just okay. talking about okay. pure pleasure? I'm talking like you are really into this person, and you're like, I want to lock this person down for long term romantic affairs. 
Okay. But you want pleasure. What food do, would I make or yeah. what would I have them make for me? What would what would you make for them? Probably lasagna. Nice. But like a quality homemade lasagna. And I get that cooking from scratch means different things to different people. And to me, like when I think of like actually putting effort into something, that means making the sauce from tomatoes that I have a relationship to. That means making a good garlic butter to put on the noodles. That means you know, having a relationship to the person that grew the beef that's in there. You asked me for a committed relationship. I'm in a committed relationship with lasagna. Nice. I like that. But okay, if we're going to go back to like sexy foods, I find the smell of fresh garlic in butter when it's like just right where that butter is just pure melted it's browning that garlic nice and slow and low and you end up with a beautiful garlic butter but you don't brown the butter do you know what i'm talking about it's just like it's it's delicious it's fatty it's creamy it's salty all of my i'm also i have another intimate relationship with garlic (laughs) oh i know you do i have massive garlic tattoo garlic is life garlic is life I believe that too. I I love it. So I guess would you say then the taste of that experience you're talking about, like the garlic and the perfectly like melted, slightly toasted butter, is that what like sex tastes like to you in terms of like the pleasure aspect? Depends on the sex. I once heard a great quote, but it's like pizza is like sex. If it's good, it's really good. And if it's bad, it's still pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. I would put pizza for sure in my category. Of sexy foods? Yeah. 100%. I don't care what kind of pizza. It can be fancy pizza. It can be shitty pizza. It can just be like Little Caesars. It says hot and ready. Yeah. Like we can be at like a really beautiful Italian place and getting really beautiful pizza with like top of the line toppings, delicious mozzarella, perfect olive oil, all of that. And I'm like, damn, we could also be like on the couch in our PJs with like shitty pizza. And I'm like, damn, it's just two different like phases of life. But I think they're equally as sexy. Why do you think food is so sexualized? Well, one, I think for sure, like it's a it's a way that we get pleasure. I would also say in general, food tends to look a lot like genitalia. So people tend to like make jokes anyways. Um, but which came first our sexual drive or our attraction to food i think our sexual drive came first if i'm gonna if i'm gonna just take a wild guess we're just gonna go with like (laughs) evolution and needing to progress the species um but i think the act of sharing food with somebody especially like a romantic partner is a very intimate thing and is one of my favorite things to do i also think especially in modern time like the language around food is very like sexual whether you're intending it to be sexual or not it's all the same language you're such a snack i know i am thanks (laughs) i'm a salty snack (laughs) but i mean it is it is those two basic drivers for human oh yeah behavior well for animal behavior right food and sex like we need to be able to sustain our bodies and we need to procreate i feel like we complicate both of these things for ourselves 
extensively and I think you know there's a unique experience to talk about as women and this is a pretty fiercely feminist podcast but I think it's the it's one of those spaces in which gender socialization hits points across all genders I just think women have a little bit more practice talking about gender and I think um, non-binary individuals have a lot to contribute to the conversation as well about those interplays of sex and food and I don't know any man that's like super comfortable talking about those things because they have shame wrapped up in it too right in a very Um, different way but yeah but because we're so focused on production and you know being very civilized these ideas that are rooted in our animalistic behaviors of seeking pleasure whether it's in food or in sex is extremely taboo so we talk about it in very specific circles like podcasts hi um or songs pretty much anywhere i mean we see food coming through music all the time as a way that piece of writing can like talk about sex without blatantly talking about sex and then obviously is like can it make the airwaves will it be accepted amongst a broader audience age-wise too um that's changed so much in our lifetime so much but i mean we had a whole debate on milkshake okay we're not gonna get into the milkshake right now no but that's it's like it's an innuendo okay well let's start with let's start with the definition of aphrodisiacs versus a food gasm I'm curious. Tell me more. Do you know? I don't. I, I can't When even you think give of an aphrodisiac, guess. what do you think of? Um, I think of like a more pointed intention to get horny. Like I am going to take this. In supplement. modern times or in past times? I would say kind of in both. Like I'm going to eat this thing or drink this thing so that I can do this thing in a way that is more pleasurable, whether that's lasting or like intensity of arousal um is this wine i'm drinking an aphrodisiac i mean i guess it depends on how loose you get (laughs) (laughs) guess we'll find out (laughs) um yeah i guess that's kind of what i think about when i think of aphrodisiacs i think of um more like traditional historical ways to get yourself in the mood have you ever had a food gasm? I don't know. I don't think so. But I also like have had extremely pleasurable experiences with food where I like have been brought to tears with something I've eaten. I've had moments where I just bust out laughing because it's just like, holy shit, what the fuck is this? This is so amazing. It's bringing back whatever flood of emotions that I'm I'm getting or memories or whatever. I'm really curious about what you're thinking. Like, are you thinking of a food right now when you're saying that? The last time when I told you that... um my boyfriend and I went to a really, really, really fancy restaurant that's, like, award-winning. One of the dishes was, like, a Wagyu steak dish. And oh, yeah. um, if you've ever had Wagyu, you know what I'm talking about. It's amazing. But um, that was one of the courses we had, and it brought both of us to tears, I guess. And the emotion that came over was just, like, it tastes like summer. It tastes like childhood. It tastes like that part of the steak that's just so fucking good that you're, like, 
this is what this whole thing's about. But like for the whole steak. But for like every single bite. Yeah. Wow. And also like that's like memory things. I've also tasted things where I'm like, holy shit, the the way the flavors like move through your palate is really like beautiful. I'm not a musician, nor do I write music or know anything about fucking music. But you know about flavor. But I know about flavor and I feel like from what I've heard with musicians in my life, it's kind of the same thing. You want it to dance in your mouth and play and but also be balanced and make sense and be pleasurable. Mm. So but I don't I wouldn't say I've had a food gasm. Like I think it's over exaggerated and it's a very different experience than mm. like an orgasm. Well and I think in at least where I've been exposed to it in TV, it's been totally exaggerated where you're like, Are you a real person? That's you're not being real. super weird. Right. I so backing up, I would define an aphrodisiac as an herb or a food. It is always something that you consume. So it could also be a drug, mm-hmm. right? Whether that's alcohol or a psychedelic. <laughs> or um, a pharmaceutical these are things that you take in anticipation of a sexual experience in anticipation of pleasure and I don't think as a culture we're very good with anticipation we're very immediate and um, I think foodgasm food porn and one of the things that makes that idea of sexualizing food in modern times really appealing is that immediate gratification because the foodgasm is the experience of pleasure in that moment like you you're not having a gasm no without it being that rush of pleasure in the moment and so it makes that act of pleasure something that you can both put in a box and reach for when you're ready for it and just I think a foodgasm is a different source of pleasure where there's a little bit of an element of surprise where you you can't plan for it you are surprised you are taken aback and it consumes you with this like oh my gosh this is amazing and you sit just with that pleasure with the flavor yeah I guess I've had that where you almost have to like take a minute to like you swallow it and you let it sit in your mouth after you swallow it and you're like what the fuck holy shit and you have to take a minute to take another bite because you don't want that next bite not to be as good yeah because it never will be yeah but also too I think it's totally pivots on probably I mean kind of same with sex though but like where are you in your state of mind right now like what's your environment who are you around like what kind of like I don't know for women like hormonal cycles that you're on like our flavor our palates change hormonally I think I don't know maybe I'm talking about ass well and I think we also have different spectrums in the same way that I I know I speaking for myself I won't speak for all women but like I have different levels of orgasms there are orgasms that I have had that leave me shaking and I need a moment before you can even fucking talk to me and there are orgasms where I'm like eh like does that mean I didn't enjoy it nice but like move on but like I'm ready to get to work like I need to be working in a few minutes like I'm, and like that has its own appeal and I'm not saying that I'm not here for those moments of pleasure in life as well but it's we can't expect every foodgasm or every orgasm to be that like 
life shattering like this is a conquest which is also complicated like in terms of men pursuing orgasms and women this like oh, I'm gonna get in you're gonna have the best orgasm in your life it's like dude I got like yeah I can still do it and it's gonna be fun and we're gonna have a good time and I'm going to enjoy it but like wasn't that sick babe yeah yeah it was so good yeah of course oh my god you're just so good at this love you but it is a conquest right because it's a mis- mm. this mysterious thing it's this it's this emotion we seek after and i think the same thing has been made of how we seek pleasure in food we've made it taboo we've made it something when you look at comfort foods and most foods available in terms of convenience with our fucking busy lives so much of it doesn't have any flavor we don't teach people how to taste how to cook mm-hmm. and so i think they have a different it really depends on your lived experience and your exposure to flavors and your ability to either explore your pleasure physically or within your taste buds. And I think in the same way you have sexual advocates that are like, explore your body, learn what you like, understand these things, you have flavor advocates that are like you can't experience like pure pleasure until you know what you like and what you don't like and so you start putting yourself out there for flavor and in pursuit of flavor i mean yeah look at how food and sex is portrayed in media what do you mean we mentioned earlier milkshake that's obviously an innuendo like i said um milkshake is in just like me getting a milkshake my milkshake brings all the boys to the yard that was a trick question. What just is Just to get you to sing. <laughs> you knew I would sing too. My milkshake brings up the balls in the yard and they like, it's better than What yours. is the milkshake, Kamea? What is the milkshake? Yeah. What is she singing about? Yeah. I always thought it was tits because See, it's yeah. mother's milk and she's clearly shaking them and it's just like. Making the milkshake in the tits. Also, I, even the production of milk has been sexualized even in like weird weird ways like both human milk and then you got the like fucking skinny cow have you ever seen the images for the skinny cow ice cream and shit no it's an anthropomorphized woman who's like a cow but like super skinny and she's got like a measuring thing around her waist in case you were afraid that you would look at the cow and be like oh that's chubby <laughs> no, no, she's got like her measurements she dialed cares in about her appearance, and the logo's just like this cow, a skinny cow, just like is that the like? I think I know. I kind of think I know what you're talking about. I'm gonna give you a little photo for you. Right I want to see. Oh, that's weird. I don't. That's really weird. It kind of fucks with your brain, right? It kind of does, but yet it's still totally a cow. Well, check the show notes. Yeah, definitely. Look it's at not the okay, image. guys. It's weird. It's a it's a very fuckable cow, and I am not into bestiality. The green M M&M. and M. Jesus, oh, the, the the fact that they made that M M&M and M less fuckable is beyond me. I didn't realize that it was fuckable. I didn't either. She's I didn't cute, either but... until people lost their mind, specifically men losing their mind. I will say the green M M&M and M always kind of reminded me of like Jessica Rabbit. How does your brain work? How did what have you not? Do you knock at that with just the baddie little eyelashes? I don't think it's mostly like an attitude thing too. I have not thought about the Eminem characters or realized how much of that has sunk into my subconscious mm-hmm. brain based on watching TV as a kid, 
than until the last month when people were upset about how less fuckable that Eminem was. There's probably a porn category for it. But I do think of food and sex being portrayed even oh, yeah. in like Friends and we've mentioned that in previous episodes. Um, I'm thinking of there was a Seinfeld episode and I hated Seinfeld even as a kid. They're just terrible people. I'm not a fan of Seinfeld either. I just don't think it's funny. Yeah. But I watched a lot of it. Like, it was the kind of thing that it was just, like, eh on the TV. Particularly if I was, like, babysitting or something. It was just kind of, like, in the background. And I remember there was an episode where uh, George... It was not Jerry Seinfeld, but his friend, the balding guy, um... He, there's an episode where the plot line is he basically switches the pleasure of food and sex in his brain to where they're exactly the same and so that like every time he eats a burger he's like orgasming at the table and the episode concludes with him like finally getting a girl to fuck him while he like eats a sandwich wow. and that's like the first I time I was exposed to that. this idea of like oh you like combine food and sex and so then as a young adult when you say food and sex I think about now these more complex ideas that we've sort of (laughs) just like processing um of more of the cultural context but more of the like physical act of how you combine food and sex which is definitely something that people do oh all the time there's even when you're talking about that um the episode in the later seasons of Sex in the City with Samantha and how she has the her at the time boyfriend. What it doesn't matter. It's a TV show. Um, <laughs> she like surprises him with uh, being naked with sushi all over her. How do you surprise somebody with that? I could think of some ways, but you're like, go away, and then you're just like laying in the bed with a blanket over, and you're like, honey. No, no, no. That's what. No, no. <laughs> that's not how you do it <laughs> i'm just curious about the logistics here well, are you holding like a tub of soy sauce in your mouth i think so actually either that or it's like right on top of like your like crotch area but okay. in the um and the wasabi don't forget um no yep oh my god we're gonna have to talk about that later um but no she like she sets herself up on the dining room table and he's at work. And so when he comes home, she's like completely How naked there. How long is there. she just laying on the table? That's part of the comedy of the episode. Because like, it was quite a while. And then I believe, like, spoiler alert, I would get bored out of my mind. But yeah, but when you're like getting all like worked up and you're I would be it, out of the mood. I would freak myself out and give myself too much time. And then just be like laying there. And then by the time he got there, I would have started eating the sushi. Well, I think she ended up eating the sushi because I don't remember if either, again, spoiler alert, I think what actually ended up happening was he never showed up. Like he said he would be home at whatever time and he never came home. So she was like really upset. Um, and yeah, I think that is what happens because she like, I remember her screaming She's at him like, this. I had raw fish all over me for hours. <laughs> but I don't know. It's just, but that that's a thing. And that's like in Japan, that's a cultural thing. Like people do for like sexy shit. I Wait, guess. I don't know. I don't know if this is like a standard were they cultural in Japan? thing. No. It's just sushi. Has food ever found its way in the bedroom for you? There's no shame, yes or no. I'll tell you mine. Not officially. Definitely in the pregame, but not like during the fucking. Yeah, I've never like eaten while fucking. Like that doesn't really appeal to me. 
personally, but like a little foreplay. Okay. I guess it depends on how you define foreplay and like when the foreplay starts. Yeah. Interesting. Like one of my favorite things, this is again in my sexual food experience, is like any kind of candy or like popsicle or something and then like your partner's like eating it and then they kiss you and you can taste it in their mouth is so attractive to me. But it has to be like the right thing. Like I don't want to taste blue cheese when I kiss them. I don't necessarily want to taste truffle when I think truffle is one of the sexiest flavors ever. I don't want to taste that in your mouth, but I want to taste strawberries and pineapple and bubble gum. Taking notes. <laughs> it's so good. I think chocolate is one of those that is pretty sexualized too. Um, but that's one that I think is more of that slow, sensual, just more of the pleasure hormone oriented and not just like the taste mm-hmm. experience. Like there's a there's a physical sensation associated with it. I remember another early exposure to food and sex was the movie Chocolat. Mm-hmm. And it's one of the movies that Johnny Depp is extremely fuckable in. And um, the main character was a badass <laughs> businesswoman, travels around, opens her own chocolate shop, and is just like, this is what we have to do, and, like, brings her traditions to this tiny little town that doesn't know what to do with her. And the end of the movie, she's bringing all this pleasure to the town by helping them experience pleasure through food. And she hosts, like, this big feast but there's also a storyline where it's complicated because there's somebody in the story who is a main character who's very loved played by Judi Dench and she's also diabetic and she's constantly coming to the chocolate tree for pleasure and company and oh that's dark the last feast is for her death oh my god (laughs) It's one of my favorite movies as a kid that might say a lot about me. But it's fascinating because it says a lot about the human experience and the complicated relationship that humans have with food and with pleasure, both in terms of our bodies and sensuality. And so it's a story that does have those overlapping themes of sensuality with the main business owner and this, he's kind of a pirate and... He's also a bit of a handyman. <laughs> I saw your face. Right. He's kind of a pirate. You know. Really plan into my type. His cast iron pants are very well tended to. Oh my God. I have seen the movie. You've shown this to me like way years ago when we were teenagers. I think it was the same um, time that I showed you the notebook when we were like oh, yeah. young. Um, we shared our favorite movies. It might have been even the same night, but uh, I haven't seen it. I don't think I've seen it since, but it is a good Both romance-based. There was no food in the notebook. None. They did did throw popcorn at each other at one point, I think, for like a scene. Hot. So hot. Hot. You know how I love popcorn. Salty. I'm going to just throw it in your face. Salty, crunchy. It sticks to your back when you roll over. (laughs) I'll just take a little nibble (laughs) off right there. Is that weird? I ate a piece. That's true. That happened to me like three days ago. We were eating popcorn in bed the next day. He rolled over and there was popcorn stuck on his arm and I ate it. <laughs> <laughs> I love food. 
That's fucking hilarious to me. I did not know you did that. And I know we predominantly communicate through text. (laughs) So I just, I don't know if you didn't have the proper emojis to tell me what was happening. Is there a popcorn emoji? And like, like what would that be? Would you be like popcorn, eggplant, hearts? Like, (laughs) how would you explain this to me? The Z's, the sleeping Z's. (laughs) It's weird because I feel like, I'm starting to hit that age where I don't understand the emoji language anymore. I never did. I've just been faking it the whole time. <laughs> okay, that makes me feel way better. <laughs> no, I think there's a lot of people who've just been faking it. Well, I, rem- like, I remember when emojis first came out for me and me and my friend did the like, the okay, the like, it's not super great to do anymore, the okay symbol, and then the finger like together so it looked like you were going in and out like you would like with your hands a little p in the um, v a little p in the v that was one that we definitely did um yeah the eggplant is a thing peaches peaches is a thing oh i like the peaches um who doesn't like peaches i love a good ripe peach um let's talk about food that is a sexual experience when you eat it is like a, a peach fresh, a fresh peach I also hate peach fuzz. I peel it off. I like it because it kind of makes me like itchy on the outside and it's kind of like a beard. Like I'm making out with a beard. That's not what a beard feels I don't know. Like. I just think I have like a weird pleasure pain I've made situation. out with some beards. I love a good beard. I love a good beard. But Possibly unpopular opinion? Loving beards? Yeah. We live in the Pacific Northwest. It's like every guy in the world here. Okay. This is my nerdy brain coming out again. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I roused one up here like, dear God, where is she going? <laughs> you can stop me anytime. Uh, but one of the fascinating things about texting is that it's the only language that we've been able to record the whole time from its inception That's and its crazy. evolution, which is fascinating. It's also crazy to think like, can you imagine getting like all your texts from like, I don't know, 13 to like 19. I don't want to go there. Yeah. I have a hard enough time with Facebook memories. It's weird. And also we have have all this technology and we're like, we can witness the birth of a language. Do you know what we were reverted back to? Pictures. Always. Always. We're simple. We're simple minded creatures. Pictures. The restaurant that I work at and we were on the build out team deciding what table and bar top that we were going to install as the youngest one on the team, I was like, we need to think about, like, Instagram. Because people are going to take, get our plate of food, and they're going to immediately take a picture of it and post it online. And you want, like, the contrast to make sense and it to look a certain way. So it's weird to think, but, like, yeah, at the restaurant, our tables are barred up. The way I plate my food is all literally for Instagram. It's all appearances and sex appeal. Yeah. And I hate it when I see people take shitty pictures of my food. <laughs> And put it on the internet. I'm like, that like, looks disgusting. You all, you like cut the whole thing all up and it's all mushed together. Oh, it really irritates me. But, you know. One of the things, this is one of the parts about our podcast that's fascinating is that we're like, okay, we have this topic and you're going to go in one way and I'm going to go in another way. And you're like, I wonder what culture is done. And I'm like, I wonder how this relates to monkeys. And monkeys literally oh. trade sex for meat in order to be chimpanzees specifically which is one of our closest living relatives Mm. literally trade meat for sex and the males that do that 
are more successful at procreating and the women who accept more males that bring them meat have a wonderful increase in calories and they're more likely to get pregnant. It goes into the, like, in other cultures, when you get married and you, like, want to, like, marry this woman from this village, like, you trade, like, livestock or grains, you know what I mean? Like, things to the family because... I mean, you're essentially, like, buying her, which is really weird and, like, gross and a whole different, like, cultural thing we can go down. But that's really, really fascinating. I think, I mean, that's true. Think about it also, too, like, dumb it down even more. Super traditional relationships. The man is supposed to take her out to dinner, feed, buy her food, buy her drink, you know. It's kind of the same thing. And their their hope is to get laid at the end of it. Yeah, we're all monkeys. Yeah. One thing that's very interesting to me about this particular conversation about the sexualization of food and food and sex is the way in which we hypersexualize breasts. And that that is naturally one of our main sources of food from infants to be a creature that is breast fed. And um there is this really interesting book. I haven't read it, but I've read some articles about it and I want to read it. It's called Inventing Baby Food, Taste, Health, and the Industrialization of, Amer- of the American Diet. And it's by Amy Bentley. And one of the main principles of this book is drawing parallels between how the industrialization of what we feed babies baby food formula how that happened shortly after world war ii around the same time that we were really into being advanced society we were going to be more civilized this has been a common thing in terms of our particular culture but at the same time we started sexualizing the breast more we started getting more entertainers like marilyn monroe playboy magazine comes out And we start seeing women more as these objects for male entertainment. Not like that wasn't a thing, but we get more of an entertainment industry and we get more media and we get baby food and formula. And what this book breaks down a little bit is that when we start to do this and accept it as a culture we blame mothers for being uncivilized if they are breastfeeding their children. And the idea of continuing to breastfeed your child beyond infancy, like if they're toddlers or even um, there are many cultures where it is totally normal to breastfeed your kid up to five, seven years old, they don't nurse as much as like an infant they're not as dependent on you but it is still a comfort but when you put that same idea um there's a pretty infamous time magazine picture of a woman nursing her child where it's like a it's a child it's not a baby it's a child and she's nursing this kid on camera and it freaked people out because they felt like it was a very sexual image and it caused a lot of debate around 
well, is this sexual or is this person actually just feeding their child? And, you know, you can conflate it with like attachment parenting styles or parenting styles. But if you were to just look at how we are infusing sex and food, you go, okay, I'm looking at this kid and I'm uncomfortable because when I think of sucking on a breast, I'm immediately in a sexual space. Absolutely. And so when it's Unless not- you're a little thirsty. <laughs> you really threw me for a loop there. <laughs> Care to explain? <laughs> I mean, I've never personally lactated, so I can't speak from my own Or experience. just been next to your friend and be like, mind if I wet my whistle? <laughs> I'm parched over here. Take a little sip. (laughs) Dude, I don't know. I don't think I have any friends to be completely. I don't know. But I kind of would want to like, like experience. I don't know. I don't know. If I don't know. Where are you at? Where's your brain? You said, (laughs) I don't know, like three times. (laughs) I don't think I have any friends that I would be like, hey, can I suck on your tit and like try your lactation? situation but then I put myself in a situation like I think if I was like if I was with like a woman and we were together and we were having a baby like I would definitely be like can I like try that wouldn't you like if I could suck on my own nipple if I was like lactating I would just to like know what that's like like just not in a sexual way but like like the flavor the flavor, like the flow, how much we do have I need technology. To suck? You could pump it out and you could taste it. Yeah, but like, how much of a suck do I need? And is there like a tactic to the suck? There is a whole tactic. This is one of the reasons that lactate. I know way too much about this as somebody who's yes, not a mom, do. but I have supported many nursing mothers yes. in my life. There is a technique to it. Oh, I believe it. Um, and it's not as simple as just shoving your boob in a kid's mouth. We like to think that because of how media's just been like, oh, this is just mo- what mothers do. But this there's is a natural. Whole, it's yeah. a skill for the baby. It's a skill for the mother. It's a whole thing. Yeah. Um. Anyway, <laughs> but the point is that if we see a baby breastfeeding we think of it as pretty sexual. And there are whole pods and campaigns to separate moms from the normal, just like being in public just to breastfeed their kids. And I I don't I don't know that you remember that as babies, but I do think you start to internalize that as a mom in terms of shame, in terms of nourishment. And I do think it affects our relationship to food. I think it's a really complicated food story that many of us hold collectively. And I think it's, when we think about our personal food relationships, that helps us get awareness for ourselves. But we have to also say, like, that's just the awareness, but we're plugged into more of a collective that my food relationship affects your food relationship because we're such social creatures. Like, we can't totally have it in isolation, even though we'd like to think so. And even though diet culture would like to be like, oh, this is all your fault. Like we're, we're social creatures. We live in relationship to our food and to our land and to each other. And I think the relationship we have with breastfeeding is kind of fucked up. Oh, totally. And it's one of the places that internalized misogyny shows up blatantly. Those men are like, I want to suck on those nipples, not that fucking baby. <laughs> the only time I see that nipple is for arousal. 
Well, not for and it sets up a very magical. interesting thing where women start to get competitive with themselves oh, because we're conditioned to to be like wait you're just gonna throw your boob out in front of my man he can't mm. look at like the act of me putting out my breast is strictly for the male gaze that's the only reason i pull my boobs out yeah it's not because it's a hot <laughs> summer day and you want to get some sun on these glorious grapefruits yes to just soak it in or to feed a child mm. if you were to pull out your breasts it is strictly for the male gaze and if we accept that then if you pull out your breasts to feed your child you are trying to get my man's attention and how dare you oh yeah i, I think it's not just men that are like weird about it women are almost i, would I think say women are worse more. about it yeah and i mean obviously it doesn't help that we have we don't have a world where we're set up for moms in the workplace to have a place if they choose to go in private to like either um feed their baby milk themselves what's the word what milk themselves the fuck is there's a right word for this is there well there's lactating but that's the act of producing milk what the fuck is am i just am i overthinking that a little bit i have to milk the fun i have to milk I have to, what's the machine called? The it's milk? a breast pump. I have to pump. <laughs> I have to go pump now. Like that's, I don't know. I, yeah, yeah, it's interesting. I, I like it. I also like boobs. Who doesn't? I know, right? Have you ever gone to like topless yoga? No, I don't think, do we have one of those here? Yeah, we do. No. Yeah. Mm, really? Yeah. No. I almost went. I didn't have the guts to go because I was afraid of the male gaze. I was afraid of the male yeah and they when they put it up and they put it up on facebook and they were like we're gonna do this like top yoga it's very inviting to queer people it's inviting to women it's like open to everyone and we have security guards specifically there because it was in a park it wasn't what? in like a How studio i don't know i toplessness for female bodies is not legal in our state i'm pretty sure there are some states that it is um but i don't think it's legal in our state i'm pretty sure it's not um if it is then i'm very well, disappointed we do have the naked in my bike friends. ride i think we just kind of turn the other cheek if you know what i'm saying have you seen you saw somebody you knew <sighs> i was hoping you'd move on no uh i did it was somebody who had a crush on me but i ooh, didn't have a reciprocal ooh. crush slash somebody that i cared about kind of had a crush on them so it was like a like this sorry. isn't me no okay no 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 um we both worked at the farmer's market and i was invited to the naked bike ride and i remember the person who invited me i was like is this like a weird hippie town mm -hmm. like college town form of hitting on somebody and mm -hmm. i remember like Absolutely. out loud i was just like i don't want to know my bicycle that well no. and they were like what are you talking about and i was like anyway anyway get to the naked bike ride i'm there on the corner this person that has an unusual crush on me but like i otherwise really like them as a person oh, it's just like so the hard. fact that they have a crush on me gets in the way of us being friends I'm also like very crush worthy so like <laughs> and 
I see this person come riding down the hill and they call me out by name. Oh my God. They're waving and they're like, hey, Kamea. And their hand, it's not, okay, so like you can be in the naked bike ride. I would be like, cool, I could look at your dick. Right. I, I could take the opportunity. But in this case, they were totally weird about it. And they waved and they smiled with the confidence that I like I I'm impressed they're grinning and they're pointing down at their dick and they they trade off pointing the right hand left hand on the handlebars pointing at the dick waving shouting my name I turned bright red I did not look at this penis did not care did not want to I retreated okay, I into my ask, little like, shell. Did you like what you saw? But if you didn't look, how could I look? That felt ex- like yes, I'm being invited. It felt very consensual, but I also can't feel like that is a dick's best moment. No, I think that's probably riding true. downhill in an <laughs> early spring morning oh. is not a dick's best moment. No, you covered in body paint. I was gonna say yeah. Usually they have a ton of body paint, so sometimes it can be kind of like, wait, where's everything at? Like I don't know what's going on. Um, this is not your point of pride though I appreciate the confidence I'm just gonna look away and I feel like that is the kindest thing to do that's That's gonna make it easier for you to approach me later probably waiting for you at the finish line yeah oh my gosh our town is quirky I do enjoy that but um anyway anyways um take pleasure in your food it's a radical act it is and always prioritize pleasure in the bedroom otherwise it's a waste of fucking time yeah i'm less good at that that's your homework that's both of our homeworks yeah I'm pleasure so fucking busy every day all every the time day. pleasure is pleasure. the way pleasure. <laughs> like the mandalorian <laughs> this is the way <gasps> yeah oh my god i made that it's super weird <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what are these sound effects and mandalorian doesn't do are you thinking <laughs> We're not even Star Wars fans. I kind of am. I don't know. Anyways, it's good to be back. (laughs) Thank you for listening. Your time is a gift that we appreciate immensely. Did you know you can now rate Time to Chat on Spotify? Follow us on Instagram for first dibs on listener swag. Trust us, you're going to want some of this. If you enjoyed this conversation, please follow, share, and rate this podcast. It makes a difference and it helps us reach more folks that want to digest their relationship to food. Thanks for being here. Until next time. My own inequality.